Spiritual experience is not realized through following a manual or cookbook. There is not an actual way that any prescriptive documentation can both tune the consciousness to the spiritual plane, nor avoid the many chances of confusion that can arise through mistake or through misapplication or through misleading indications provided either by the vital nature or forces inimical to the yogic development of the seeker. It is easy to be led astray as various types of ideas, emotions, feelings, sensations, experiences, and directions come during the practice. The role of the human guide, guru, teacher, is to aid the seeker along the way, to help him focus on the spiritual energies, to help create an atmosphere that is supportive of the needed development, and to watch over and protect him from various obstructions that threaten to derail the effort. The long history of the guru taking a disciple into the household or ashram and providing both instruction and a supportive atmosphere sets an example. Those who have visited ashrams such as Ramana Maharshi's ashram in Tiruvannamalai or the Sri Aurobindo ashram in Puducherry, India, report an intensity of silence, aspiration, and what can only be called a spiritual pressure descending into the being while one is there. Many sadhaks who spent numerous years under the direct guidance and watchful eye of Sri Aurobindo and the mother report not only the solid descent of peace, but also experiences such as a type of drilling of force descending through the top of the head, bringing with it various experiences of peace, power, wideness, joy, creative expression, etc. People thus ask, what if I do not have a physical guru? Can I still make progress in yoga? As well as, do I need to live in an ashram to grow spiritually? The answer to both of these questions is that while some individuals need that direct physical support and atmosphere, this is not universally needed if there is a connection at the level of consciousness, which is one, with the guide or teacher. It is said that when the disciple is ready, the guru appears, but this does not necessarily imply a physical presence. Many report receiving instructions from their guru while meditating or even in the dream state. Similarly, experiences of opening to the force of the guru come when one directs the consciousness toward the guru or even visualizes past encounters at the ashram or through meditation to place oneself back into a time and place where the experience and the force were palpable in the presence of the guru. Sri Aurobindo writes, quote, even then his nature calls for a human intermediary so that he may feel the divine in something entirely close to his own humanity and sensible in a human influence and example. This call is satisfied by the divine manifest in a human appearance the incarnation, the avatar, Krishna, Christ, Buddha. Or if this is too hard for him to conceive, 
the divine represents himself through a less marvelous intermediary, prophet or teacher. For many who cannot conceive or are unwilling to accept the divine man are ready to open themselves to the supreme man, terming him not incarnation, but world teacher or divine representative. This also is not enough. A living influence, a living example, a present instruction is needed. For it is only the few who can make the past teacher and his teaching, the past incarnation and his example and influence, a living force in their lives. For this need also the Hindu discipline provides in the relation of the guru and the disciple. The guru may sometimes be the incarnation or world teacher, but it is sufficient that he should represent to the disciple the divine wisdom, convey to him something of the divine ideal, or make him feel the realized relation of the human soul with the eternal. End quote. Reference, Sri Aurobindo and the Mother, Growing Within, The Psychology of Inner Development, Chapter 3, Growth of Consciousness, Basic Requisites, page 53.